0: Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. Our scripture this morning is from the letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross." And you, who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul became a servant of this gospel the word of god for the people of god
1: Thanks be to god thank you reverend ryan for the reading of our scripture this morning and once again thank you for the glorious music that was heaven bound i know and it certainly does sing of the glory of god's creation well today we had a lot going on here in the church it's the beginning of It was Promotion Sunday for our elementary age, and I know that our our youth gathered together as well, and I know that our students have started school. There are still some that are going to be beginning this next week, and before we know it, we're going to be in full swing. And I know that's exciting for the parents, but it's probably exhausting, just the thought of it. And so we are grateful that you are here today, and we will keep you in our prayers this this school year because I know that... uh, You are entering into, in many ways, uncharted waters yet again as parents. Today we continue our sermon series. We had last last week was week one, and it's a sermon series called Why. Why was actually originated and We embarked on it for several reasons. First, because it was based on the conversations that I had had with individuals over the course of these past 12 and 18 months. And there's been a lot of people that have been asking a lot of questions, and they've been why questions. Why does church matter? Why should I make worship a priority? Why should being in a Sunday school class be important to me? Why should I even pray? Why should I continue to give to the church, and if we think about it, the whys really are endless. Why, why, why could go on and on and on, but I think it's really important as a church that we at least engage these questions. I think that's important because I think over the course of these past months, people have been asking deep life questions, and I think many people have made significant life changes as well. But the truth is as well that we're having this series because I know that there are some folks who are feeling disconnected. They're feeling disconnected to their faith. They're feeling disconnected to God. They're feeling disconnected to the church. And so my hope is, is that over the course of these many weeks, that somehow or another we can wrestle with these why questions. We won't be able to answer them all perfectly, but at least engage in them. And as we do so, that in some way it will draw us closer to one another, that it will draw us closer to God, and ultimately it will draw us closer as a community of faith. Whether you're in person or whether you're virtual, I hope that we can all stay connected. Last week, we talked about why believe, and we all believe something, and what we believe matters. It actually dictates our life. <clears throat> what we believe lays the foundation of how we live our life, what we teach our children, our grandchildren, and what we teach our children here at the church. It's how we set our priorities, and so I think we could probably all agree that what we believe matters. And so today we're going to build on why believe? We're going to build on why believe in Jesus? Why Jesus at all? Now it might seem sort of strange for a church to even ask this question because we could assume that that you all know why Jesus but maybe there's some seekers in the room that are asking questions. But certainly we know people, if we're not asking why Jesus, there are people who are asking why Jesus. Maybe uh, you know someone who doesn't come to church, maybe someone who's not a Christian, and I'm going to hazard a guess and say that there are probably a number of us that know people who don't even believe in God. And so we might not be asking why Jesus, but certainly there are those who might be. I want to share a a story I read a, a Sunday School email recently from one of our adult Sunday school leaders. And in it, she shared about how a couple of days ago, she was in the dollar store, it was early morning, and she was standing in line and she overheard a conversation. Um, And in front of her were two people and they were laughing over a gift that they were getting somebody, a friend of theirs. And they were laughing because they were holding a little gift with a cross on a chain. And they were laughing because one of them said, how can anyone in his right mind believe in that man nailed there? Naturally, our Sunday school leader was shocked, offended, probably hurt. If it's the core of your belief. But if we're not asking why, I'm pretty confident that there are others out there who are asking why. And we cannot ignore, really, as people of faith... That there are still mockers and scoffers standing at the foot of the cross. So, when we ask why Jesus, we inevitably encounter the cross. You can't have one without having the other. But when considering Jesus, though, we, we can't think just of the cross either, though. We can't just zoom in on Good Friday without seeing that we are Easter people because the cross is empty. He doesn't hang on the cross anymore. And if we're only looking at faith through this microscopic lens, instead of a telescopic lens, then we can't see the bigger, wider expanse of who Jesus is and why Jesus came in the first place. But we catch a glimpse of this, just a glimpse of this in our scripture this morning that Reverend Ryan read for us from Colossians. It's a letter that has been attributed to the Apostle Paul and it was written to a small home church in Colossae, which is in modern-day Turkey. It's a church that Paul did not, he did not found the, find, found the church, and Paul um, never visited this church. But he wrote to the church. He loved the church, and he wanted to offer words of encouragement. And throughout the letter, you can hear the pastoral concerns and cares that Paul has. Always when we read these letters in the New Testament from Paul and any of the letters, it's always a response to something that's happening within the church or something that's happening in the community. The community of this time was being inundated with deceptive philosophies, possibly the encouragement of the worship of angels. That was very popular. Or it was also otherworldly teachings that dismissed the body completely and focused only on the spiritual. That was also something that the early church encountered. And so this letter that is written to the church at Colossae is to remind them that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. An extraordinary claim in a Roman world where the emperor is the one who is worshipped as God. The words from Colossians, I think, they're audacious. They're extraordinary, they're bold, and they were probably at their time heretical because they are praising the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And we hear in this letter that that Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation. He's the glue holding everything together. And in Christ, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell It's not worldly power that Paul is praising, but rather the one who is the creator of the world. It's bold, my friends. This is bold. It's powerful. And it sings of the breath and the depth of God. And uh, scholars believe this was actually a little hymn, an ancient hymn that was part of the church as well. So whenever I think of the vastness of God, And I hope that we think about that from time to time. I think about something that someone shared with me years ago. They said to me, if you ever wonder about God and who God is and where you are in God's world, then I want you to go to the beach. I live near the beach. Go to the ocean. Take off your shoes and put your feet in the sand and consider all of the sand, all the pebbles, and the infinity, right, of God's creation. And then look out at the horizon, at the expanse, and look as far as the eyes can see. And then consider yourself standing there on that shore. And what we discover, if you've ever done that, and I'm sure many of us have, we have stood on that shore and we have looked out, that we realize that we are mere specks in God's creation, that God is bigger and grander than we could ever envision or imagine. It's extraordinary. Somebody was sharing me after the, nine, at the nine, after the nine o'clock service about being at the Grand Canyon. Same experience. You're looking out at mountains or you're looking at canyons or you're in a rainforest or wherever it is that you are and you see the beauty of God is all around you and we somehow or another seem so small compared to God's creative creation. Author Sue Monk Kidd shares that one August night... She says, my children dragged me to the backyard to watch a meteor shower, and I reluctantly joined them thinking, I have so many details to tend to before we leave on vacation. I don't have time for idleness. I don't have time to look up at the sky. When suddenly the golden fireballs streaked across the blackness, and she whispered to herself, God made this. It was a rare moment, she said, not because of the sight, but because I stepped beyond my familiar world into one of wonder and discovered the creator in the midst. Could it be that God filled the world with such beauty to lift people like me away from our obsession with details, to touch our lives with a magnificent awareness of God's self? Recently, my husband, Ted, and I, um, we've been watching. I don't know if you've if you've seen it. It's the Netflix documentary, Our Planet. If you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. It's being, it's narrated by uh, David Attenborough, and he's got this very soothing voice, and he has visited places all over the world, places like the Great Barrier Reef, Antarctica, um, the rainforest, and the Serengeti. And as we have watched this, I mean, our jaw has dropped with the exquisite beauty of God's creation. The smallest of creatures to the grandest of mountains are extraordinary to watch and see it all over the world. It literally takes your breath away. But then I think that Jesus takes our breath away because He was there at the very beginning, Paul says, the beginning of creation, forming this beautiful world that we live in. And in the gospel of John, we hear about this. You remember those words? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and without him, no one thing came into being. This is what Paul wants the Colossians to hear. But he also wants us here today to know that this awesome God dwelt among us in the person of Jesus Christ, that he was a real human being as well. He was a human being and he humbled himself to walk the dusty roads of Palestine, teaching about the kingdom of God, welcoming those who live on the margins of society, those whom others choose not to see, and welcoming them in, the poor the prostitute, the tax collector, the diseased, the adulterer, the lost, those whom powerful human world, the powerful human world chooses not to see. Jesus is saying, come, come, you are welcome in this kingdom. And they are asking questions, those who are watching him. (laughs) Why does he eat with sinners? Why does he let a woman who has a questionable reputation interrupt his meal with the religious leaders and wash his feet with her tears? Why are his disciples just mere working-class men and not the educated elite? Why does he talk to a Samaritan woman? Why does he heal a foreigner? Why does he heal on the Sabbath? Why does he knowingly have a last supper with someone who is going to betray him? And even on the cross, he turns to the thief who says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. There are lots of whys here. Why, why, why? Now, I don't know if you noticed in the, in the scripture this morning, with all this talk about the awesomeness of God, Paul has, has caused us to look up. But he also wants us to look at the cross, which also causes us to look up. He can't help himself. Paul had experience of the risen Christ focused on the cross. So he's taken that telescopic view, and he's turned it toward the cross. And here are the words that were shared. Through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of the cross. Now, if you're wondering, just say you're wondering why believe in Jesus, it's right there. It's right there to reconcile all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of the cross. Now, we might hear these words and think, okay, but to a Roman world, the cross was a means of submission so that they could keep tight control upon the people, and here In this letter, Paul is saying that the cross of Christ is about setting people free. For Jesus, it's not about power. It's all about peace. It's about peace. You see, something happened on the cross, something that only Jesus could do, only something that God could do to reconcile the world. To make peace. Now, that isn't just about individual salvations, not just about individual salvation and the forgiveness of sins. What we're hearing is a cosmic event. When Jesus was crucified, the, the earth shook, the heavens opened up, and that curtain in the holiest of holies was torn. Something extraordinary happened. Through the cross, we're healed, we're made whole. And it's where we fully enter into the mystery of God. And this we is all of creation. It's not just human beings. It's everything. We are merely specks in God's creation. I'm discovering that the older I get, the less I know. The more I think I have all the answers, I realize that I don't even understand the questions anymore. And just when I think I can put my finger on scripture or on my understanding of who God is and who Jesus is, inevitably, I often miss the mark. Whenever I think that I have all the answers, the parable that comes to mind for me is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector from Luke's gospel. I don't know if you remember that one, but it's the Pharisee and the tax collector, and they're both in prayer. And the Pharisee is standing back and he says, I thank God that I am not like other people. <laughs> Thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give ten the tenth of all my income. And Jesus asks, which one of these will be justified? And it's the tax collector who is sitting there beating his breast who says, God be merciful to me, a sinner. That's the one Jesus says will be justified, because those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And indeed, this is what happened on the cross, where the creator of the world humbled himself on a cross, and it is where Jesus Christ is exalted. Sometimes I'm the Pharisee. Sometimes I'm the tax collector. And sometimes I need to be reminded of that. It was Fred Craddock, and I close with this. He has a sermon called, Why the Cross? And he shares about a book, and I'm going to try to get this name right. I don't think I got it right at the... uh, (laughs) I didn't get it right at the 9 o'clock service, but I'm going to try to get it right here. It's Nikos Kazantzakis, okay, Greek. He wrote The Last Temptation of Christ. Maybe you remember the book. It came out in a movie. And it was very controversial. And Craddock says that the book was made into a controversial movie that was protested and boycotted all over the country. It actually emphasized the humanity of Christ. And in his novel, Kazantzakis basically said that when Jesus got into Jerusalem and the noose was tightening around his neck and there was no way out and death was in front of him. And he thought, well, why don't I just go back to Nazareth? Marry, have a family, take up carpentry again, and get out of this. Nobody seems to care anyway. If Jesus had done that, Craddock says, if he had slipped out of town, gone back to Nazareth, married, had children like everybody else, would we be able to sing what a friend we have in Jesus? No, 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 not at all. Not at all if he had skipped out before the pain started, but he didn't, he didn't, he went to the cross. Why, Jesus? Because he knows our suffering and our pain, because he knows and he heals us in our broken places and makes us whole, because he's created this glorious, beautiful world for us to enjoy Because through the cross, we are redeemed. It sets us free from sin and death. And the only way any one of us can experience everlasting life, can ever know true peace, is to say yes, yes, every day to the one whose name is above every name. And his name is Jesus. That, at least, is how I might begin to answer This big question, why Jesus? But then, who am I but a mere speck in God's vast and glorious creation? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at MariettaFUMC.